Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation. First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis and commentary. And before we get uh, to our great co-host, uh, Sam Gordon, uh, also here with us with uh, Vegas Nation, just want to let you know that Vegas Nation podcast are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Blue Wire, and Liquid Death. You know, every time I see Liquid Death, uh, something always comes uh, to mind besides just the great water uh, that they produce. But Sam, I when you look at what happened on Sunday over at Allegiant Stadium, uh, there was some Liquid Death going on uh, with, with the Patriots. Uh, I'm stunned still uh, by yeah. By what we saw in the decision making uh, that unfolded there uh, on Sunday, and heck, even Josh McDaniels, when we spoke to him uh, yesterday, uh, or excuse me, on Monday, um, he said, "Look, guys, we didn't really do anything great on that play. We were just <laughs> happened to be in the right play at the right time. It's more fortuitous than anything." So, a lot of that was on uh, the uh, the New England Patriots, and of course, we're talking about the zany, crazy, unimaginable, inexplicable play by the Patriots to start <laughs> playing hot potato with the football when cl- when the when time had expired in a tie game. They could have just gone to overtime, but no, uh, they get uh, hot and fancy with the football, and it ends up in Chandler Jones's hand. He stiff arms Mark, uh, 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 excuse me, uh, Mac uh, Jones uh, on his way to uh, to a touchdown, a game winning touchdown to win in the most bizarre way I've ever seen my friend. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Vinny. Uh, I think just a, a kind of singular situation, singular way to end a, a football game and uh, kind of befitting that a game would end on a play like that, right? Because for long stretches, it was not a well-played game uh, by either side. It's just, uh, just a lot of penalties, uh, a lack of offense, just back and forth, back and forth, punts, whatever. So right when it's, it's, it's funny, right towards the end of the game is when it felt like both teams started to find a rhythm. The Patriots were able to t- put together a drive. The Raiders are able to go down the field uh, and tie the game when they absolutely have to. And then, and then Jacoby Myers uh, with, you know, one of the most inconceivable, incomprehensible um, decisions and mistakes that we've ever seen in NFL history. So again, like we talked about previously, like the Raiders are at, aren't, are at a point right now where yes, they are mathematically still in the picture. They're not eliminated. So as long as that's the case, you're going to win by however you have to. And if it, if it means by, by with one of the weirdest plays and one of the goofiest plays that we've ever seen, they will definitely take it. It was uh, as positive and joyous as I think we've seen the locker room at any point this season, given how this year has went and how the game was going uh, on Sunday at certain points for the Raiders. It looked like they were, you know, they did blow another big lead. But uh, again, they found a way. The offense found a way when it absolutely had to down the stretch to set that play up. And we uh, were we're in a position where we bore witness to one of the, again, a singular unique play um, that we've ever seen in NFL history. It, it has been a lot to digest and a lot to process in just a whirlwind of three days. Yeah, no question about it. And all right. So um, I'm Italian. So I'm going to go. I'm, I'm rolling with a pizza for my uh, blame pizza. All right. Okay, uh, yeah. We're, we're going to cut up uh, some slices here uh, to divide up uh, the, uh, the, the, the blame here. Uh, okay. So ironically enough weirdly enough um i put the least amount of blame on uh poor jacoby myers because sam i don't think in his wildest imagination when that ball was snapped he felt like the ball would be lateral to him at any point on that play so i think he was just shocked 
and surprised that he had the ball. And at that point, it became a hot potato. And, um, you know, he's looking for something to do with it. He's, okay, I guess we're playing this game. So let me find somebody to throw it to. Sure. Uh, but if we, so, so my, the first and foremost, my blame goes to uh, Bill Belichick or whoever made the decision to run the ball on that play. What was it, four seconds left when the ball was snapped? Yep, absolutely, Vinny. And I think there are two options that you have in that situation, right? Like, given where you're at on the field, uh, it's it's very, very, very unlikely that you are going to run for a 60-yard touchdown, right? Let, let's just be honest about that. That would be, a, again, a very singular um, thing. So I guess maybe it doesn't matter how unlikely it is because it was unlikely that we we're going to see a, a lateral return for a touchdown. But anyways, point being, there's not a lot that's going to go right when you run the ball. You have two, two things you can do. You can either Hail Mary, right, and – I believe Bill Belichick said afterwards he didn't know if Mac Jones's arm was strong enough. Well, that's a problem to begin with, anyways. Right. Uh, but they were near midfield. You, you can hail Mary in that situation, and maybe it's a it's a you you um you know you, you complete a pass and, and you're able to win the game, or you take a knee and you sit on the football. Right. They they, they didn't really there wasn't there was not like they got positive yardage on their first few plays where it was you know, one one completion or whatever away from field goal range. They weren't really there. So you can eat that football. You can kneel on it and guarantee overtime. So I'm with you, right? That was um, probably one of – I mean, I, you know, I'm not – it's not like I've sat in here watching every single Patriots game, Vinny, but that was not a clean game by any means. Like, Bill Belichick did not coach a great game. And, and that's – and that's I'm putting it kindly. That was an egregious decision, and it hung out Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers, and they put them in positions where – Yes, you can't make those mistakes if you're players, but they should not have been put by their coaching staff in that position to begin with. Right. And first of all, I'm calling hogwash uh, on the fact that he doesn't think Mac Jones can haul it down the field. 100%. Right. Number one. And even if you have that thought, it's not mandatory necessarily. You know, you, you want a tip ball. You want something crazy or zany to happen or. You're also maybe hoping for, uh, you know, a pass interference uh, type of a thing. So, uh, it, which, you know, we all know NFL games can't end on a defensive, uh, you know, penalty. So that would have put them in field goal range. But my, my thing with that, much to what you were saying, is if you're not going to do that, then you're certainly not going to score on a draw with four seconds left, you know, looking at what, like 45, 55 yards or whatever it was to, to get right. a touchdown. So just take a knee, number one. So Bill Belichick, lots of blame to you. I'm going to give Bill Belichick four slices uh, of, my, of, my, of my sausage and mushroom uh, pizza. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, uh, definitely a friend of the family here in Las Vegas, a local kid, uh, love to see the local kids uh, uh, doing well. Um, you know, he busts off a pretty good run, gets it down to the 32-yard line. Next thing you know, He's looking at a slew of Raider defenders that are just blocking him from the end zone going any further. Just take a knee right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, did yeah, the, the decision to lateral there, right? And to your point about Jacoby Myers, he that got the whole thing started. It kind of set the tone. Like you said, this is what we're doing, right? It was a that was a no-win situation. And Ramondre Stevenson, let's be clear, Vinny, he had an incredible game. I mean, it, it, up until that point. It was a picturesque homecoming. You could not script it any better. He was over 140 yards. He had run for the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter and was super effective whenever the, the, the Patriots went to him. I thought he played a role in wearing down the Raider defense a little bit there uh, in the second half. And, and to, to, to get the party started with that lateral, again, you're putting Jacoby Myers in a precarious situation. It doesn't – again, Vinny, we're going to get to the – we're going to fill out the pizza – uh, and and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to Jacoby Myers in a second, but it, it, what 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 what's going to happen? What 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 good is going to happen from having him have the ball 
a few yards away from you in that same area. And we've how many times in that situation have we seen those pitches just like the one that ultimately got intercepted for the by, by, by Chandler Jones? Uh, how many times have we seen those fumbled, or even if it isn't is in quite as dramatic fashion? So it was an incredibly risky play that, again, set the stage for Jacoby Myers to make his mistake. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so lesson learned uh, for the young running back <laughs> to just, you know what, uh, cut your losses. You're going to overtime uh, at that point. At, at this point now, looking back, that seems like salvation compared to uh, the, what what ultimately unfolded. So, uh, yeah, a couple slices definitely uh, to Stevenson. Jacoby Myers, you know, obviously he de- he deserves at least one, uh, you know, slice of the uh, of the pie. And where are we going for this? Naked City, maybe? Naked City <laughs> pizza? You know, it's, uh, I, I like Grimaldi's. Grimaldi's is good pizza out here uh, as well. So we'll, we'll figure that part out, out of it later. I feel bad for Jacoby. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think like, yeah. like he's just trying to do his thing. And the next thing you know, he's got the ball in his hands. And, yeah. you know, at that point, as Derek Carr kind of pointed out, you're a competitor um, that, you know, those juices sort of take over, maybe some, some instincts. He just made a, a blunder that, um, you know, I don't think he's ever going to forget, obviously. And, and the fact that he was, you know, brought to tears after the game, you know, uh, explaining himself, I, you know, my heart goes out to him, man. No like, I don't, right. Like, obviously, he doesn't want to, uh, you know, uh, end up hurting the team the way he ended up hurting the team. But but to me, he was the, the, the you know, the least at, at fault here. How much do you give back Jones? I mean, is there anything he could have done right there once, once uh, Chandler Jones uh, grabbed the ball and turned around and chucked him? Is there well, anything? you know, I guess he could have tried to slow him down a little bit, Vinny. It wasn't the greatest tackle we've ever seen, but um, it, wait, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't even a tackle. No, it wasn't. He he got. He, yeah, I think if you're and Mac Jones discussed this after the game as well, and. Um, still obviously in the heat of the moment, but he did take some accountability for not making that tackle or at least tripping Chandler Jones up or slowing him down. Chandler hadn't, he hadn't gathered his momentum quite yet. There was, would it have been a, you know, a spectacular play by a quarterback that as we saw on Sunday, doesn't move particularly well. Yeah, it would have been, but he was in a position to have an opportunity to do so. And uh, Chandler Jones definitely Vinny got the better of that exchange. <laughs> you just got to hold on for dear life or something. Trip yep. You know, yeah. at least if you slow him down, <laughs> it's, almost like, it's almost like Mac Jones got him started. <laughs> I know, no doubt about it. And by that time, I stood up in the press box. I don't, I never did. The last time I stood up in a press box type setting, um, and this was on press row, uh, was when Robert Ori hit the game winner to beat the Sacramento Kings. I just stood up like, what did I just see? That kind of reaction. So I stood up and I'm like, I put my hand over my head going, oh my gosh, thinking he's going to score now. Like it, there was nothing in between, you know, him and the end zone once, once, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mac Jones was literally erased from the picture and erased from the situation. Uh, it's just a touchdown at that point. So just an unbelievable way for the Raiders to win a game and a gut-wrenching way for the Patriots to lose again. Yeah, Vinny, and and I'll say this. um, As electric as of a response and a reaction as I feel like I've seen in Allegiant Stadium at any point, right? When we've had some exciting finishes uh, and some pretty good home crowds here at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas since we've been covering these games, and the kind of shift in emotion uh, and and the ups and downs that I think Raiders fans and Patriots fans, because there's a strong Patriots presence as well, uh, but the way that second half played out with the Patriots taking the lead and then the Raiders 
tying the game in dramatic fashion with Keelan Cole's uh, catch. <laughs> and and you, there are plenty of obviously questions about that. Um, just a, a the, the review, the tension that the review created. Uh, and, and then ultimately, of course, the way that the game ended, uh, it was a uh, it was an explosive reaction um, in, in Allegiant Stadium. And I think the crowd uh, when when are you when are you going to ever see anything like that again in person one way or the other? So uh, it was it was one of the times this year that I felt like uh, th- th- that really electrified a crowd that hasn't had a ton to cheer for that struggled at home. Uh, at times, uh, so the Raider fans had their moment with with the way the game finished. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, you know, Sam, uh, you grew up in the great state of Minnesota, I did. Uh, in, a, in a great sports city uh, like Minneapolis. There's been just countless great memories, great moments. You know, whether you're talking about uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Twins, um, you know, maybe not so much the uh, the, the, <laughs> the the Wild. Uh, is that what they're the, the Minnesota yeah. Wild? Right? And, you know, and, def- and not not and definitely, Vinny, not a whole lot with the Timberwolves. We can, right. we can get that out of the way too. Yes, exactly. But more than your share, more than its share. Uh, when you when you when you t- talk about Kirby Puckett and the Twins, absolutely. And, Yep. You know, uh, and everything that the Vikings uh, have done uh, over the years. And and that's what makes sports so great. And and I circle it back here to Las Vegas because the longer the Raiders are here in Las Vegas, uh, you know, the more you're going to have moments like that. You know, and, and now when I look back on it, I, there's there's three that really stand out for me here as the Las Vegas Raiders. One was... Um, the, the opening night win against the Baltimore Ravens. That was the first yep. night where fans were allowed uh, into the stadium coming off the COVID year, right? A, a memory, a memory's not betraying me right now, right? That was the yep. first game where fans were actually allowed in a, for Monday, regular season game. Monday night football, too, in a great overtime game where Lamar Jackson played fantastic, especially early on, and, and Derek Carr, uh, again, leads a couple big-time drives. You're right. That was definitely, that was definitely one of the, uh, I guess, most electric atmospheres that we've had at Legion Stadium for short. The um, the Chargers game last year to yep. go to the playoffs was yep. just phenomenal. Um, and then the, and then for me, uh, this one obviously stands out. And so it's it's really cool uh, as somebody, you know, for myself working and living in Los Angeles for as long as I did. You know, I just mentioned the Robert Ori, uh, you know, game winner that was at Staples Center. Saw Kirk Gibson, the home run. You know, so there's there's been dramatic uh, events, dramatic games and great memories uh, that 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 all those teams have created for LA and Southern California. So to see Las Vegas now starting to get its share, because when you think about that play, you're going to think about Las Vegas. You're going to think about, you know, the Raiders, you're going to think about Allegiant stadium and where it was and where everybody was. So really cool uh, that, that the fans here now um, in, in Las Vegas are getting to be a part of that. No, certainly, certainly. And a, uh, again, like a singular, I think experience for everybody involved in that stadium, players, coaches, on both sides and like you said a thrilling way for the Raiders to win and a absolutely gut-wrenching way for for the Patriots team uh, to lose a Patriots team that needed to win that game that was in the thick of playoff contention obviously the Raiders need to win that game to extend the marginal chances uh, that they have uh, at reaching the playoffs as they look ahead to Pittsburgh this week so uh, not only a, a wild ending but a lot of uh, I guess implications for both teams where they as 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 pertaining to where they stand uh, in, in retrospect to their relative goals for this season. Now it's that time of the show uh, here on First and Ten, where we're joined by Chuck Esposito, the director of race and sports for Station Casinos. Of course, Chuck joins us here every Monday to talk about the Raiders, the Vegas betting landscape, and all things sports. Chuck, uh, coming off of a, I I don't know how you want to describe Week 15, however you want to describe it, an absolutely insane number 
of, of wild finishes, one here in Vegas, one, of course, in Minneapolis. Hard to one-up that, but we, we got to get right into the next week's slate of games. Things start out again this Thursday, second straight week, Chuck, where you have a Thursday night football game with real implications. Jags, Jets, pick them, total at 38. Um, how surprising is it that at this juncture of the season, this game means this much for these two teams? You know, Sam, first, happy holidays to you and, and, and all the listeners and, and to the crew there and Larry. Um, it is, I think, you know, when the schedule was made, when you look at Jags, Jets, week 16, you're like, no, Really? But Jags control their own destiny. I mean, they had the big win against the Cowboys. Uh, they host the Titans, who aren't playing well. They'll be without Tannehill again this week. Um, the Jets have had a lot of injuries. It's going to be Zach Wilson. They're kind of on the outside looking in right now, but still in a prime spot to potentially get that number seven spot. The Jags aren't going to get a wild card spot. They have to win the AFC South. Uh, game's pretty much a pick em. We're waiting to see which way the betters kind of push us. Uh, but it is a really good game to kick off week 16. Yeah, absolutely, Chuck. Trevor Lawrence playing as well as any quarterback in the league this last um, month, month and a half. So so that's definitely um, one to watch for. I guess moving along, uh, after the New England Patriots, a dramatic loss here in Vegas. They return home uh, and host the Cincinnati team. Cincinnati playing as well as anybody in the, in the NFL. They are giving three and a half on the road, the total 40 and a half. Chuck, uh, again, I thought this this loss on Sunday devastating for the Patriots and their hopes. It feels like a, a situation where you have teams trending in opposite directions. What what do you make of this matchup at this particular juncture and the implications for both sides? Yeah, real quick, Sam, first on the Jags-Jets game. I mean, if you're Zach Wilson, this is this has to get you motivated the way that Trevor Lawrence is playing this year, the way that Justin Fields is playing, and you've got a chance to potentially kind of knock Trevor Lawrence out of a postseason bid. So I think if you're Zach Wilson and the Jets, this is a huge kind of motivational game for Zach Wilson. Um, looking at the Patriots, you're right. I mean, that was just, you know, the Sin City miracle, not good for our side of the counter. No. I know that the, the, the Raider betters this year um, haven't been treated uh, to a lot of goodness, a lot yeah. of coal in their stockings. They, they clearly got an early Christmas present with that. The Patriots have one of the tougher schedules left in the league, and there's no team hotter right now than the Cincinnati Bengals. Absolutely. Moving along, right? And these games, some of these games really taking on implications. Uh, imagine a dramatic shift uh, with with Philly and Dallas, Chuck. The Eagles, uh, five-point underdogs on the road at a, uh, down in Dallas in, in Arlington. Total 46.5. How much did the Jalen Hurts injury affect this number, Chuck? It affected it by about five or six points, Sam. It, it happened, you know, so quickly yesterday. Um, you know, it's a shame. There's only two one o'clock games on on Christmas Eve, and this is such a this was the marquee game of the week. Um, it means so much more to Dallas than it does to Philadelphia. Philly only has to win one of their last three games, and they play the Saints and Giants week 17 and 18. Uh, it's a shame that Hurts isn't going to be here. If you're a fantasy football guy and you're in the playoffs right now, oh, does this hurt bad? No pun intended. Not having Jalen Hurts. Um, in the playoffs and potentially the Super Bowl. Um, mm -hmm. But that's the reason the number moved. We've seen it drop a little bit from yesterday where it got to six, six and a half. Uh, some rumors that Micah Parsons is a little bit banged up. And the, and the Eagles haven't ruled Hurts completely out yet. But most people believe it will be Gardner Minshew that gets to start for the Cowboys here, or for the Eagles here. 
Absolutely. Uh, and then we, we have to talk about the Christmas Eve nightcap, of course, between the Raiders and the Steelers giving two and a half, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Um, Going to be really, really cold, right? We, we see the total 39 and a half again, the Steelers giving two and a half. How much typically does weather uh, uh, affect uh, lines, especially specifically with totals, Chuck? Is there a correlation there? It, there is, Sam, but it's really more wind. Um, wind and maybe heavy rain more than anything else. Um, cold really isn't a big indicator. And in this particular case, we know it's a tough stadium to get field goals in, especially on the open end at times, but it's only supposed to be really cold. The wind isn't supposed to be that bad. You look at uh, Carr, who's got multiple touchdowns and I think five of his last six games. Steelers trying to get back to that 500. Mike Tomlin's never finished below that. I think if you're a Raider team who had blown, you know, four double-digit leads, almost five, um, really can kind of salvage the season a little bit by maybe winning out. They play mm-hmm. at home against San Francisco the following week. This is kind of a big game for them, too, to kind of right the ship a little bit. I think it's kind of a fun game to watch on Christmas Eve. Early ticket counts have been in favor of the Raiders, and my guess is we're going to be a Steeler fans uh, come the late game on Christmas Eve. And the final game on Christmas Eve shifts into what I, what I think is the most intriguing matchup on Christmas Day, Chuck. That would be the Dolphins. Uh, giving four to the Green Bay Packers, total 49 and a half. Miami uh, playing tough the last couple of weeks, right, against the San Francisco 49er team and, of course, against the Buffalo Bill team, regarded as two of the best in the NFL. The P- Packers, of course, coming off of a win on, on Monday Night Football. Uh, th- this AFC playoff pay- a picture is really starting to take shape, uh, but I wonder how much upside the Dolphins have big picture, Chuck, just with some of the, 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 the what we've seen from two of the last couple weeks and some of the struggles he's had situationally. When you take a look at this matchup, how is how important is it for Miami to get right in this game as they look to solidify their playoff positioning? I think it's vitally important for Miami, Sam. And they've actually lost three in a row, uh, oh, Chargers, wow. Niners, wow. Um, and then the Bills. So I really think that they need to kind of right the ship here. Um, you know, it, it's a big game for them. Um, their defense has given up a lot less points at home than they have on the road. Um, they just want to kind of get right. Uh, you, you still got some great weapons in Waddle and Hill. Um, I think at home they're a much better team, of course, although this number has come down a little bit, kind of a product of the Packers win last night. But I really think this number is going to start to tick back up, and we're going to be Packer games when this kicks off. I think it's a game that Miami needs to make a statement, and it wouldn't surprise me to see a lot of money pouring on Miami as we get closer and closer to kickoff on the early game on Christmas Day. Absolutely, Chuck. Any other any other thoughts or analysis of this Week 16 slate as we approach the end of the NFL season? I think in the NFC, Sam, I mean, you look at the Vikings, the way they came back, um, you know, to kind of still stay in that number two spot against the Giant team that had the big emotional win, you know, at Washington on Sunday night. And then the 49ers who, you know, Purdy's going to be asked again uh, to win a game. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Vikings to keep winning so they don't lose that number two seed. Um, but but overall, I mean, Eagles-Cowboys is the marquee game. Uh, Hurts hasn't been completely ruled out yet, but I don't think he'll be there. And it's really a shame because those two teams are really fun to watch. Absolutely. Two of the, <laughs> the very best in the NFC. Uh, and certainly punching their ticket to the postseason. Chuck, we appreciate uh, everything. Happy holidays again to all the listeners. Happy holidays to you, and thank you for what you bring to our show every week. All right. Thanks, Sam. Same to you, and uh, look forward to chatting next week as we're getting ready to ring the new year in. We'll probably have a clearer picture of a lot of these playoff matchups. Vegas. 
Get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. So, it, it, you know, on, on top of everything else, uh, uh, dramatics that, that unfolded, uh, it literally uh, breathed some life uh, into the Raiders. You know, they were, they were sitting there uh, kind of on the, uh, the, the, the playoff deathbed, uh, so to speak, you know, uh, just a few moments before that. Really, you know, it took the miraculous comeback drive, uh, yeah. Derek Carr to Keelan Cole to tie that game up. And was it a touchdown? Was it a touchdown? Uh, I think everybody was, uh, you know, all Raider fans uh, were waiting uh, that one out for, for a long while. And it did take a while. Uh, I'm still not sure if they got that call right, but uh, be that as it may, it stands. The Raiders got the touchdown. They tie it up at 24. They win it in miraculous uh, fashion. And all of a sudden they still have faint as it might be playoff life. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so it, it circles us back to now moving forward. Um, you know, a big game against the, the Steelers on Saturday night in Pittsburgh. It's supposed to be minus four. Talking about Minneapolis, you know what that's all about. Uh, and what that feels like, uh, Raiders are going to have to, you know, buckle it up uh, and brace up and just, you know, not only uh, go deal with a, a really tough uh, football team in Pittsburgh that seems to be finding its groove a little bit, uh, but also some conditions that um, are very um, foreign uh, to this part of the country where where we live. They're going to have to figure out how to deal with a football team and those elements. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be a challenge, Vinny, right? I mean, Pittsburgh, never an easy place to play, especially not on Saturday night, which obviously also doubles, of course, as the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, right? And, of course, these two teams have shared a great rivalry, especially in the 70s. So there is a lot of tradition with this matchup, and, and regardless of where both teams are in the playoff standings, a lot of pride and a lot of meaning in this particular game. Of course, both teams still, I don't know exactly where Pittsburgh is at, but the Raiders obviously need to win uh, on Saturday. So I will be curious to see what kind of game plan – uh, they deploy, right, with the elements you would think it would place into some of their strengths, which is running the football with, with Josh Jacobs, even though um, I thought New England did a, a great job adjusting in the second half and he defensively, and it was a defensive masterclass up until that final drive in which the Raiders uh, were able to tie the game. Uh, overall, still a, a pretty effective game. Josh Jacobs pushing near 100 yards uh, again, and the Raiders have been at their best when, when, when he's been featured. So I would expect – I, I, I would think that when you're a negative four and when it's super cold, obviously the passing game is going to be a part of what you do, but who's, who knows if there's going to be wind or not. The Raiders are going to have to be ready to play a kind of nasty, smash-mouth, ugly football game that 
December in Pittsburgh usually necessitates, right? Yeah, uh, no doubt. And I hate to throw a wet blanket on things, which would immediately freeze uh, in those conditions. But here's the deal. Uh, where the Raiders uh, could be really vulnerable in this game, when you talk about that smash mouth type of a type of a game, um, you know, they're down. That, that, that offensive line is really, really yep. um, hurting right now. Yep. Um, you know, and I'm, we're not going to know really uh, for a couple of days at least uh, what the status is of Alex Spars, um, who hurt a knee uh, against the Rams. Um, and then Dylan Parham, same thing for him. Uh, leaves that, uh, that that game against the Patriots in the second quarter. All of a sudden, you're down to check this out. Jordan Meredith plays for what 41 snaps uh, at left guard in place of Parham. Sam, those were uh, uh, Meredith's first 40 first appearance ever uh, in an NFL regular season game. Uh, obviously, first 41 snaps that he's ever played. Hadn't been in the Raiders building since mid-September. Mm. Um, hadn't played a game, um, you know, uh, appeared in, an act, in, a, in a game, albeit a preseason game, since August. So here's a guy that was with the Ram, with the Raiders in training camp, uh, gets cut at the end of the season, brings gets brought back to the practice squad, then gets released from the practice squad in mid-September. To my knowledge, he's been out of football. I'm sure he's been keeping himself in shape. Um, you know, trying to, you know, wait for that call and be ready when that call uh, came. Well, it did come last week. It came, <laughs> Sam. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, so he gets signed to the practice squad, like on Tuesday, I think it was. Um, next thing you know, he gets elevated to the regular roster on Saturday, 24 hours before kickoff. And lo and behold, he's out there playing guard for them, left guard in place of one of their better offensive linemen, Dylan Parham. You go to the right side, um, Hironis. Uh, Grassu, who has been a center the majority of his life, going all the way to high school over at Oregon um, during his career thus far uh, in, in the NFL. The last time he had played guard was in 2018, uh, played 80 snaps for the Baltimore Ravens way back in 2018. Other than that, uh, he's just been a center. And he's been on the practice squad pretty much the entire year for the Ra Raiders, Essentially, as the emergency center, should something happen, um, you know, uh, to their starter, uh, Andre James, he gets thrust uh, into the starting role at right guard in replace of Alex Mars, like who we, we had just mentioned. So you're you're really thin at guard. And it really did affect, uh, you know, the play calling of, of, of Josh McDaniels uh, on Sunday, because at that point, you have to be really careful on what you're asking guys to do that just barely showed up. Uh, a week ago so it affected them I think they'll have a better handle on the um, on, on the game plan this week but at the same time I'm a little bit worried about that running game and how viable it really can be if those are your two starting guards nothing against both of those guys but you know uh, they're 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 pushing the limits of their depth chart right now at guard yeah, and then and then if that's the case, you're putting you know you're gonna it's gonna be really cold. Like how, how is the passing game gonna come together? What kind of conditions is it gonna be? And then the Steelers have a, a pass rush. So the Raiders, I think, Vinny, in a game like this, um, this is the position they're in. They're gonna have to win out. That pretty much we understand that, and that involves going on a road in in really grimy conditions. You're gonna have to figure out uh, a way to kind of piece it together. And pull through. So I don't think I mean, I think it's a it's a tough test. And then beyond that, obviously, San Francisco um, and Kansas City. But they again, they're still until until they lose, they're technically still alive. Right. And, and, and until some other things happen with some other teams. So I will be I will be interested to see. Right. What does that makeshift 
offensive line look like? And then what we see from Pittsburgh, right? Because their offense has been so uh, up and down this year, mostly down. They've struggled. It seems like a revolving door uh, at quarterback with Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. So uh, all, all things considered, even though I thought the the, the Patriots, off, their play call execution, it's been an absolute disaster all year. The Raiders, do they, they played their part. They, they, they do deserve credit for limiting what New England was able to do. How does that Raiders defense match up against what's been a, you know, similarly kind of up and down Pittsburgh offense uh, that's also going to have to play? Yes, maybe they're used to those conditions, but that's that's negative four, still negative four. So how might that affect what Pittsburgh wants to do on the offensive side of the ball as well? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating game. It's basically, it's not basically, it is a, um, you know, an elimination game. The Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, you know, who are playing pretty decent football lately, they come into this game six and eight, just like uh, the Raiders do. And boy, I'll tell you what, uh, Sam, I think about that six and eight record, and I keep thinking about that L.A. game uh, against the Rams. Um, you know, the Raiders quietly, uh, surprisingly, have won four of their last five. It really should be five straight. You know, if you if you eliminate the bonehead uh, plays that they made down the stretch, Jerry Tillery, uh, Clee Farrell. Um, otherwise, they're five and zero oh and seven and seven uh, right now, and sitting pretty in a pretty good position uh, at that point. But obviously, that's not where they are. They, like the Steelers, are six and eight. Whoever wins this game stays al- alive. Uh, whoever loses is pretty much um, in the emergency room at that point. Although our good friend Adam Hill uh, came up with a scenario where um, I don't know how, but uh, somehow, some way, even if the Raiders lose on Saturday, there's a slim, slight, little, tiny bit of chance uh, that they wouldn't be completely, um, you know, uh, uh, put out of their misery in terms of the playoffs. But the Raiders obviously aren't thinking about that. They're thinking about winning the game uh, on Sunday, uh, or excuse me, on Saturday, Christmas Eve against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Quick uh, question before we get out of here, though, Sam. Yep. We got a, got a little glimpse of um, of Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro back. Uh, they were obviously both on uh, the uh, the um, a pitch count. They weren't, you know, it wasn't full throttle. Uh, in either case, uh, the Raiders are going to work them uh, back into that sort of a uh, situation. But what did you see uh, from 83 and 13 out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, let's start with 83, Vinny. I mean, he was huge. He was a big part of, of the victory, both his catches, right, similar, you know, up the seam, and both, I mean, massive plays in the game, the first being a touchdown and the second being a 20-yard uh, catch that set the stage, for, that set that helped set up Keelan Cole's touchdown. So uh, he's still a, a presence, Vinny, and when he's healthy and right, he's still 6'5", he's still, what, 260, and you really can't cover him um, with his size of speed and strength. And, and it, it just – like, you, you know, with the injuries and with things being ours as they are, the Raiders have missed out on having him out there. And he clearly, um, when right, is still a matchup problem. So so that's 83. I thought even 13 uh, as well. Um, it's just that there's – in the return game, there's an element that he provides. And I think right. a little bit of that on display. And then still a security blanket for Derek Carr. Now, they haven't quite clicked the way that they have last year. Of course, last year, a different situation. Devontae Adams wasn't around. Josh Jacobs wasn't running the ball this way. It was a different offense altogether. It was certainly a reflection of Hunter Renfro's abilities. But, it, again, it hasn't quite clicked the same way. But – we know historically what Hunter Renfro has meant to Derek Carr and this Raiders offense on third downs. Uh, I believe he caught one, I think one ball that extended a drive and you remind what he, you're reminded in, in that, those moments, what he is capable of in, the, in those short to intermediate spaces. So uh, as I mean, again, there, there's probably going to be a few more games, right? Where you're going to get to see those three work together, at least a, a handful of plays together, a game. Uh, it, it was 
uh, obviously a, a step in the right direction for what Josh McDaniels wants wants to build and, and for what the Raiders want to build uh, both, you know, in the short term, because these three guys are, are all in or around their respective the primes of their careers. Uh, and, and, and you would think, again, as we've talked all season, complementary skill sets um, that, that, that could help them set the table for one another. So it, it's big for the Raiders uh, getting them back, even though it's late in the season. We, we were still reminded of what kind of impact each guy could make, even if it was just in a couple spots. Right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, all right. Um, that'll do it uh, for uh, for for today. Um, Want to wish everybody uh, a happy and safe uh, Christmas and whatever it is that that you celebrate. Um, happy holidays from from us here at, at Vegas Nation without question. Um, you know, we'll be back uh, uh, next week uh, to try to figure out and untangle, um, you know, what's what's still left in terms of the Raiders playoff hopes uh, after Saturday's game and then Sunday's action uh, as well on, on Christmas Day. Um, enjoy this weekend. Be safe. Um, and, you know, uh, a shout out to, to Sam, uh, you as well. Uh, have a great uh, Christmas and a, and a great you, weekend. Brother. Thank you so much. You, you too. Uh, Larry Muir, uh, you know how we all feel about you. Uh, Merry Christmas and uh, happy holidays to yourself uh, as well. And um, we'll be back at it next week. We'll see what's going on with the Raiders uh, after their game against the Steelers. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit.